Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. Hello and welcome back to the New Books in Indian Religions podcast, the podcast channel here on New Books Network. Today, rather than a book, we have a, a, a fascinating organization and development we'd like to put on your radar. Uh, I'm, of course, your host, Dr. Raj Balkaran. Uh, more importantly, my guest today is Dr. Deepti Sharma Tripathi. She is the president, the newly elected president and the first female president of an organization that has been in existence uh, for half a century now. International Association of Sanskrit Studies. Uh, G, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so very much. I'm very happy to be here. So this International Association of Sanskrit Studies, do you want to tell us a little bit about perhaps, you know, what is it? What does it do? Ah, the, the, uh, as you yourself said, it's an institution which is 50 years old. And uh, it was created in the year 1973. And it was created out of the Congress of Orientalists, which later on became the Congress of North African Studies and so on and so forth. So the Sanskritists themselves felt that we were not getting enough space and we were not getting enough time to interact and talk and present and sort of have a more independent existence as Sanskritists of the world. So this uh, International Association of Sanskrit Studies was created in the year 1973, when the Congress of Orientalists was held in Paris. And uh, it's an institution created uh, for uh, furthering Sanskrit studies furthering Sanskrit uh, dialogues, furthering Sanskrit knowledge systems across the world. And uh, uh, we, we have been trying to do this uh, somewhat, but we haven't yet given it a definite uh, shape. So at present, if you look at the internet and put in IASS, the introduction that you get to the institution is it's the institution that organizes the World Sanskrit Conference. Yes. Is, <laughs> so the, it, of course, organizes the World Sanskrit Conference, but that is not the only thing that it does. And as the president now, I can say that is not the only thing it should be doing. Well, then this is this is fascinating. So, you know, uh, for those of you who are listening, the, the World Sanskrit Conference is 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 a fairly uh, so popular within our field um, among those of us who study Sanskrit or present on Sanskrit topics. Um, it's a conference we've had. Um, we've had an episode uh, featuring McComas Taylor, where we talked about the now past um, 
uh, World Sunscreen Conference actually took place online and uh, that was to have taken place in person in, in, in Canberra, uh, Australia. And so uh, for those interested in the conference, perhaps you could listen to that podcast. Um, uh, there's much to be said about that, but I'm interested in what you have to say, because apparently I've caught the organization a new, an interesting juncture where there perhaps is a change, a shift, a transformation afoot. And maybe tell us a bit about that vision, uh, the, the, the vision of what you might like to see the organization blossom into. Uh, well, Raj, you asked me a very, very difficult question, but not so difficult as I would not be able to answer it. Because You're, you're I- welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Because you see, the mandate of International Association states very clearly that organizing the World Sanskrit Conference is only one activity that the IASS would undertake. The other things that the IASS is supposed to do is further Sanskrit studies all over the world, act as a platform for scholars to interact. And also, uh, I personally think now is the time after 50 years of existence, I think uh, IASS should be in a position to act as a nodal agency for Sanskrit studies. And when I say a nodal agency, what I mean is, It should provide a platform to Sanskritists and non-Sanskritists as well. Besides the conference timings and besides the conference platforms, to get together, to discuss, to see what is being done in various areas, in various subject areas, and also to see how best the knowledge systems contained in Sanskrit, because you see, I'll uh, diversify a little bit from what you have asked, only to clarify that uh, Sanskrit studies is a very, very vast area. Uh, We generally think Sanskrit is a language and therefore Sanskrit studies may, for a general person would mean studying a language. What we forget is Sanskrit contains the knowledge systems of a culture, which is one of the oldest cultures of this world and a knowledge system which is more than 6,000 years old. Therefore, Sanskrit is the carrier to, to me a student of Sanskrit, Uh, Sanskrit for me is a carrier of the knowledge systems of this culture known popularly as Indian culture. Why why I say Indian culture is a different uh, popularly because uh, the India of today is not the India uh, that this uh, knowledge system represents. For example, I am a student of grammar Panini was uh, the greatest grammarian ever born on earth. And Panini does not belong to what is known as India today. So therefore, when I say Indian culture, 
uh, I try to avoid this word because we have got a geographical connotation uh, to the present just, day India just, for just that. One, one quick brief footnote uh, of an interruption. This, this is deeply resonant with the podcast. The podcast was originally new books in Hindu studies, but I wanted to create space for um, various branches of scholarship within Indic culture, South Asian studies. Uh, and so uh, um, the, the Indian religions, we don't, we don't mean India as uh, the modern nation state, we mean civilization Indian, and the yes. best analogs are Egypt, you know, the, the modern uh, nation state versus civilization Egypt and, and uh, perhaps uh, Iran versus Persia. You know, so you mean India in a civilizational sense? Yes, yes, yes. You got me right. And that's precisely what I wanted to communicate. So the knowledge systems contained in Sanskrit, uh, you would be amused or maybe not you because you are into this area. But many of your listeners would be amused to know that there is no subject area covered in modern knowledge systems that is not covered in Sanskrit. It contains, and I generally say, you talk from uh, medicine to architecture, to mathematics, to physics, chemistry, and you can go on and on and on and on and on. Uh, all these subjects are covered within the Sanskrit knowledge system. Therefore, in order to make Sanskrit uh, more relevant at present and to make Sanskrit more uh, attractive to people who want to study, they should be sort of given a window to look into what this language contains. So what the carrier of the knowledge system contains Generally, you see, in most of the universities, and you are a much, much, much traveled person, and you must be knowing it yourself, uh, that in most of the universities, either it's religion or philosophy or literature, maybe some places, grammar. But beyond that, Sanskrit studies doesn't cover much. And I would like to use the platform of IESS to get people into the awareness of what Sanskrit studies means, how it can be utilized, how it can be contemporarily used. I'm not saying whatever is there in Sanskrit is the best or whatever. No, no value judgment at all. But I at least want the scholars, the world, the knowledge seekers to look into what is there in Sanskrit. And therefore, when they start looking into what is there in Sanskrit, they should not just look into the philosophy or the religious uh, studies or the literature. There is much, much, much more beyond this area that needs to be looked into in uh, Sanskrit studies. So then, thank you for, for mm -hmm. clarifying the vision of, of uh, the broader vision of, of Sanskrit studies far beyond, of course, you know, uh, grammar or, or a particular type of text. Um, now, in terms of this, this, this aspiration, this hope, this potential of the, the association to uh, 
perhaps we can call it hold space or to, 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 to network or to be a hub, a global hub. Would that look like, uh, I don't mean to ask a leading question, but would that look like being of service to um, uh, professors, to Sanskrit instructors, to uh, potential Sanskrit students, you know, uh, whom would the association directly serve in this vision? Uh, anybody who is interested in Sanskrit studies. It's not uh, directed towards professors. It's not, it should not be directed only towards the students. It should be directed towards people who are interested in Sanskrit studies, who want, it, it, it should provide a platform. You want to know what is there in Sanskrit? Okay, uh, why, uh, why not look at uh, IASS? It has got some information on this area. So it could be a platform which would provide information, just as I said, uh, the subject areas. Uh, now, beyond the subject areas, of course, uh, not many of us know which uh, universities are teaching Sanskrit, where to study Sanskrit. There may be young people who want to study Sanskrit, they just don't know where to go. So the, the, uh, the IASS could be a, provide information to be used by young scholars. The IASS could provide a platform for senior scholars to interact uh, amongst themselves or with younger scholars and uh, uh, sort of uh, spread what is being done, what can be done, what is left to be done, how best that knowledge that is there can be utilized. Because any knowledge which is not utilized is useless knowledge. So all knowledge should ultimately be uh, in a way which can be utilized to make our lives better, to make our vision wider, to make our minds more independent, <laughs> sharp. Yes, of course, I was looking for that word. Thank you for giving it to me. Uh, our minds, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our minds are sharper. And for, for, I'll, I will give you a very small example. I'm a as I said in the beginning, I'm a student of Sanskrit grammar, more basically. I also work in the field of uh, poetics. Uh, so I can say I work in the field of language. Now, as you all know, the modern discipline of linguistics originated when the West came in contact with Sanskrit. And Sir William Jones, as you well know, was the person who started this sort of studies. And from there it began. And now linguistics is a very, very vibrant subject. We have been wanting to have a universal grammar. Now, I'll, I'll say that universal grammar, because you see, language is nothing but trying to uh, communicate thoughts, information, knowledge from one person to another. So language is a carrier and language is a carrier of all these things. Therefore, what it actually does is works in the mind, it is articulated, it's heard, and then uh, 
it communicates to the hearer what the speaker wants to say. Now, if that is successful, that means there is a platform on which there is a common platform on which the thought process of the hearer and the speaker come together. Therefore, analyzing language should be able to also analyze the way the mind of human beings function. And if we are able to decipher and make out how the minds work, we can have a grammar of language per se, rather than say grammar of English, grammar of Sanskrit, grammar of Persian, grammar of uh, French, and not a particular language, but a language which is universal. And when I say this, it might sound a bit funny. How can language be universal? Because the mind is universal. The thought process is universal. So the, while working in this area, I was thinking of a, a universal grammar, which a lot of people worked on in the 60s and 70s and 80s. And thereafter, it sort of went into the background. And I feel that if you study philosophy of Sanskrit grammar, you can create a universal language grammar per se. I've been working in this field for the last almost 40 years. And uh, I have models of this grammar. Similarly, when you talk about poetics and and so on and so forth. So I I won't go into the details of the the science of language and the science of poetics and that sort of thing. What I'm trying to say is the IASS can provide a platform for like-minded people or unlike-minded people because Vade vade jayate tattva bodha, as they say in Sanskrit, through discussion comes knowledge. Therefore, uh, academic disagreement is also a very, very productive ingredient of uh, propagating and development of knowledge systems. Fascinating. So if folks are interested in this organization, are there... uh ways in which they might get involved or contribute in some way, do you think? Yes, of course. Uh, it, it is only recently that we, I, I had been talking to the Secretary General about this for some time now, that instead of just having the World Sanskrit Conference after every three years, we, we should create regional hubs And by regional hubs, I mean people could get together, maybe present their research work, talk about uh, a problem which they have been trying to solve and uh, discuss and uh, interact. So the the IASS, if we have these regional get-togethers, which maybe once a month, depending on the regional convenience, depending on the convenience of the organizers, depending on the convenience of those, it's I, it's an open-ended thing. I'm not trying to fit it into a uh, framework that you have to have a meeting every month or you have to have a meeting every alternate month. 
But uh, people in a particular area interacting with each other regarding uh, different academic issues that they have been working on. So uh, the IASS can play, provide this platform and we have been working on it. And I think uh, a couple of uh, proposals that came to us uh, were very, very productive and uh, we are trying to put it into action. Uh, the proposal from South America was very good and they said that they would be holding such meetings. Another proposal from Shanghai was uh, absolutely wonderful and uh, the proposer said that he would like to organize such meetings. Then of course, uh, McComas said that he would be organizing an Australian get together. So you see, small things uh, sort of lead to a bigger result in due course, of course. This is the first time we are experimenting with this sort of thing. And uh, I do hope that uh, my vision of uh, having IASS as a platform to which people who are studying Sanskrit, who are scholars of Sanskrit, and also those who are not scholars but want to know about Sanskrit can look up to as a, a platform which will provide them some knowledge and lots of information. Brilliant. Well, thank you for sharing your thoughts and thank you for appearing on the podcast today. Was there anything else um, that you hoped we touch on or would like to mention about the association? Uh, yes. I would like your listeners to get actively involved with IESS by becoming members of IESS. And... Uh, uh, sort of interact with uh, people that they think. We are trying to put up information on our website about institutions and also about individuals. Uh, we are preparing the information and maybe in a couple of months time, it will be there on the website. So the, the more, the merrier. So the, I, I, I would like to request your listeners to come and join us in propagating not only Sanskrit knowledge systems, but also evolving into human beings that are prepared to share and interact knowledge across the world. Thank you very much for appearing on the podcast today. Thank you very much for having me here. For those listening, of course, we've been speaking about this fascinating organization, the International Association of Sanskrit Studies, which has been responsible for the last 50 years for um, um, uh, organizing the Triennial um, World Sanskrit Conference, which has truly been a global conference uh, insofar as it's taking place uh, in a variety of cities across the world. Um, and beyond the conference, um, the association has been doing a great deal of work behind the scenes. And this is a time where we hope that this work will create waves uh, among you who are studying Sanskrit, those of you who uh, offer Sanskrit at your institutions. Uh, perhaps we can uh, have this association 
um, serve as a hub for the service uh, for, uh, for Sanskrit studies, um, uh, present and future. Until next time, keep well, keep listening, and keep contemplating uh, the power of learning different languages, in this case, particularly Sanskrit. Take care.